when you're making the decision to start working with a financial advisor or making a shift from one financial advisor to the other, there are quite a few things that you need to consider. But today we're going to highlight two major categories that you should always be asking the questions of. And one is around fees and commissions, and you want to understand those. Those can be some anxiety-inducing questions and uh, and because nobody likes paying fees, but they're inherently they're going to be there. So understanding them is huge. And then also the fiduciary standards. So we're going to walk through all of that today from a very high level, just to give you some information as far as if you're going through this conversation, here's some things you may want to be thinking about. Yeah, I just want to remind you too that wherever you're listening to us, if you go to our website and you listen to us there, there's a little subscribe subscribe button at the bottom of that player. And then you can pick where you would like to subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, whatever place you listen to uh, podcast. That's really important because that way you'll get notifications when our new shows come out. Uh, and if you are listening to us on any of those platforms, please make sure you follow us so that you get those notifications and we come up right there in the top of your list. Also, what we're about to talk about is a lot of information. We have a blog article written on this particular topic. It's on our website, pomwealth.net. Go to the blog page and you'll see an article on fiduciary fees and, and commissions. So uh, make sure you go there and check that out. But before we get into this, we have to do a quick disclosure. The information contained in this podcast is intended to provide general information only and not to be considered individualized advice. Different types of investments carry different levels of risk. As always, please contact your financial professional for advice appropriate to your situation. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Secure Your Retirement Podcast. This is the place where high achieving professionals come to gain confidence on how to successfully navigate their transition into and life during retirement. There's no such thing as a passive retirement plan. To have a successful financial future, your plan must be actively managed. Each week, we will bring you action plans and expert interviews that will help you gain insights, learn fresh perspectives, and finally experience peace of mind about your retirement. Here to help you achieve your dream retirement and live the life you deserve are your hosts, certified financial planners, Raiden Stansel and Merce Tariq. Welcome everyone to episode 108. That's amazing that we've got 108 episodes. And today we're talking about our, on our topics of retirement in action. And we're continuing this uh, little series that Merce and I came up with about choosing the right kind of financial advisor. A lot of times people ask that question, well, how do I know what's the right financial advisor? How do I know uh, what I should and shouldn't ask? And what do I look for? And so we've been doing a series on these. And um, today we're going to continue this topic and we're going to talk about two specific things. One, we're going to talk about being a fiduciary, what that means, why it's important, why you might want to consider having a fiduciary. And then the second thing we're going to talk about are fees and commissions, how advisors get paid. And we're going to kind of walk you through those different scenarios. So I think let's jump into, first of all, fees and commissions. You want to get us started on that, Merce? Yeah, sure. And, um, you know, it's, it's always, fees are always something that you should, should be considering. It's always top of mind when we're talking about investments and, and, uh, financial advisors, uh, the whole industry has gotten very fee conscious on the investment side. If you're investing in funds or ETFs, um, there's been competition between 
all of the major brokerage companies like Schwab, TD Ameritrade, Fidelity, all the big names that you know, they have constantly been, been in competition as far as reducing the fees when it comes to the funds or when it comes to transaction costs. Transaction costs have basically gone away over the past couple of years. And so that, 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 that conversation is always going to be top of mind. But when it comes to working with a financial advisor, um, it's always good to know uh, what you're getting into in a lot of different ways. One is fees, but also what type of advisor are you going to start working with? What's their strategy? What's their overall philosophy? Does it line up with yours? But they were talking about fees. And, you know, we sit down with people all the time, clients or not clients. And uh, when it comes to someone that's searching for a new advisor, and maybe they already have one that they, they seem to be happy with, or, or maybe they've just decided that they need to go in a different direction. And we ask them, we ask them, you know, why have you decided that now is the time to make a shift in your overall plan and your overall um, guidance that you're getting? And well, sometimes they'll say, well, you know, this advisor just doesn't line up with where I am in my life right now. And, and so we, we dive deeper into that and we ask them, well, do you know, do you know how your advisor is currently getting paid? And a lot of times the answer is no. Um, we just assume that they're getting paid somehow or the other, and they don't even know if they're, they're paying the advisor or if, or if the advisor is receiving commissions or if the mutual fund company is paying the advisor. Um, so that's a, always a good question to be asking when you're sitting down and interviewing and doing this whole process. Feel free to ask that question. It's not an uncomfortable question as long as the advisor <laughs> is com uh, aware of, of what they're getting into. We are very happy to have that conversation with clients all the time. And our fee structure is very transparent. So you'll see it. Um, if you're working with us, you'll see it. There's nothing there to hide. And if an advisor starts to dodge around on that conversation, well, then you should definitely dive deeper and also um, be, be a little bit wary about that whole conversation. But today we're going to talk about, you know, what are the different types of ways that an advisor can get paid? And there are different structures and there's there, and this is not to say that any structure is better than the other. It's just different ways that an advisor can get paid. Uh, so Raiden, you want to kind of take us through that? Yeah, I'll, I'll start with the oldest way that advisors have gotten paid in the past and they still do, but this is the one that has been around for a, for a long, long time. And that's commissions and commissions, uh, really kind of come down if you sell a product but also within the investment world, the way it used to be uh, exclusively, if you wanted to buy a stock or sell a stock, you had to contact a broker. And then that broker would go out and they would make that trade for you. And then they would get a little bit of a commission for actually doing that. Um, that is almost gone today. It's not 100% gone, but it's almost gone. Uh, you know, uh, it went way down and where you would pay like a Schwab or a TD Ameritrade or something like that. And it would go, you know, down from used to be 15, then it went down to 10, then to five. Now it's nothing to go make that trade. Now, the other way is uh, on mutual funds. Mutual funds, by the way, still today uh, have commissions on them for a lot of it, of a lot of brokers. And really the idea behind that is, is that you say, hey, I want you to go out and find this good mutual fund for me. And they can have uh, fees and or commissions in two different locations. Typically, one is a front end load, and the other is a back end. So what that means is 
is that I either have to pay a commission going in or I have to pay a commission coming out. Now there's another way and that is time of hold. So the broker could get a commission and, and nobody, you don't have to pay that commission out of your funds as long as the mutual fund is held for a period of time. Um, but again, you just got to understand what that is. And so I think you should ask a question if you are working with an advisor and they're, and they're putting mutual funds in your portfolio, ask them, are you getting a commission? And if they, and you make, make sure you ask them in any way, front end, back end, over time, are you getting commission? Now, the reason why I think that's an important question is you want to know, are you making this recommendation because it's best for me? Or are you making this recommendation for the commission? And I think that helps. Now, if they're making a commission, I'm not saying that's bad, just understand it and let them be able to explain it. All right, so that's the oldest commission. Then we moved into this world of fees. Now, there's a couple of different ways that advisors can charge fees. One of those is an hourly rate or a flat rate. And sometimes advisors will charge you a fee and say, hey, to do planning work, I'm gonna charge you by the hour or I'm gonna charge you $1,500. And that's real clear. It's this, we're, I'm gonna do this planning work and I'm going to charge you this fee. The other way, is, is a percentage of your assets under management. Now, they can do both. They could say, we're gonna play, charge a flat rate to do the planning work. And in addition to that, we're gonna charge a fee for the money under management. And that could be, let's just use 1%. 1% of whatever it is that you are managing, that's what we're gonna charge. So again, that was pretty easy and clear. Um, typically, if they're charging you a fee, they would not be getting a commission on those trades. I'll, I'll just explain just so, you know, we talk about how we do it. We get a percentage of the money that we're managing, a percentage of the assets under management. We don't have a flat fee and we don't get any commissions on trades or anything like that. The only way we get paid is by the client through a percentage of the money that we're managing. So those, that's, a, that's the big picture. The, the thing comes about here is to talk about is how, to, how does that work uh, and, and make sure you understand how the advisor works. Now, I do want to just speak on the amount of fee. Sometimes people go, well, what's your fee? And they want to make their decision based on the amount of fee. I would think you would be better to, to make your decision based on what they do for the fee. So if you go to an advisor and they say, ah, I only charge 0.75 and another advisor charges 1.25, you might go, well, I'm going to go with the, the 0.75 guy. But what if the 0.75 guy only just manages money. That's all he does. He doesn't deal with anything else. But the 1.25 guy helps and is built into that is all of your planning, all of the meetings you need throughout the year, helping you with Social Security, Medicare, helping you with taxes, maybe even doing your taxes for you as a, as a return. I mean, now all of a sudden you're going, wait a minute, maybe the 1.25 guy is giving me a much better deal than even the 0.75 guy, not to mention how they manage the money. So keep that in mind as you're thinking that through. Now, I know we just touched the surface, but we, and we're going to talk about fees a little bit more as we move into the next topic here, but fiduciary. I hope that you are enjoying the show. By the way, if you are in or nearing retirement and are someone who wants to gain clarity on what questions you should be asking, learn what the biggest retirement myths are, and identify what you could be doing to achieve peace of mind for your retirement, get started today by requesting your complimentary video course, Four Steps to Secure Your Retirement. To access the course, simply visit pomwealth.net forward slash podcast. If you're new here or you haven't done this yet, this is definitely the first step to get started in applying these principles to your life. 
So head over to pomwealth.net forward slash podcast and check us out. So we're going to first of all say, what is a fiduciary? And what's the difference between a person who is a fiduciary and not a fiduciary? So can you take that over, Merce? Yeah, I'll get us started. And that uh, fees are a very hot topic. And just like fees, fiduciary is also a very hot topic. And kind of some of that, some of this conversation coincides, um, you know, the, the idea of someone working in your best interest, making decisions that are going to be the best for you, regardless of how they are compensated. That's essentially what a fiduciary is. They have to make decisions for you before they can make decisions in their own favor. Um, that's how fiduciary works. That's how we are set up. Uh, Raiden and I over here at Peace of Mind Wealth Management, uh, we are both certified financial planners. Uh, and to get those letters behind our name, uh, there's a considerable amount of education, considerable amount of continuing education, a very difficult test that we had to sit through, and then also a commitment um, to, to upholding that fiduciary standard by law. So uh, to get into what a fiduciary is, basically uh, the, web, the, the dictionary definition uh, is that it's held or founded in trust or confidence. So um, that's basically the standard that we are holding ourselves to is that if we're going to make a recommendation to a client, first of all, we have to know everything about that client's overall situation when it comes to financials, but also their goals um, and everything that they're trying to accomplish with this whole conversation. We have to know all of that. Then we take that information and make a, a recommendation that we feel is in their best interest not good enough. It needs to be in their best interest. And we'll get into that whole good enough conversation. Um, uh, but from there, uh, then, I mean, we have to be, if we, if it came down to it, we had to be, able, we have to be able to prove as well, why is this the best recommendation for the client in their best interest? So um, it's a really, I think a very important thing to be working with the fiduciary. And also when you're having that conver conversation with uh, the new advisor that you may be interviewing and you ask them about the fees, also ask them, Hey, are you a fiduciary? And, um, if they say they are not, well, you may want to dive deeper into, uh, how they make their decisions and why they are not a, a fiduciary. Um, but Raiden, so I've talked a little bit about fiduciary. The big, big thing here is someone that is working in your best interest, making decisions for you, regardless of how it's going to affect them especially from a compensation perspective. So what's the other side of that coin, Raiden? Yeah, I think too is understanding the difference between legal fiduciary and assumed fiduciary. And what I mean by that is there are some advisors who are not bound. They work off of what's called suitability. Um, and suitability has been around for a very long time. Suitability basically says, I as an advisor have to do en get enough, gather enough information and then make a suitable recommendation. It does not have to be the cheapest, doesn't have to be in your best interest, just has to be able to fit. I mean, I could have two offerings, both of them being suitable, but one really being the best, one being much lower fees, maybe being a better return, all that. But if I, as long as I can prove that it's suitable, I can work under that world if I work under suitability and I'm not a fiduciary. Now, I could also be a person who is not bound by fiduciary standards and I can say something like, I always act as a fiduciary would. That doesn't mean I'm bound to it. It's just me telling you, hey, don't, I'm not a fiduciary, but I always treat my clients as a fiduciary would. Now that's 
a nice statement, but you want, in my opinion, you would like, you should, and, and I think look for a person who is bound, held to the fiduciary standard. So what binds a person to fiduciary standard? Well, one is voluntary, and that is being a certified financial planner. Uh, so being a financial planner, certified financial planner, I don't have to be a CFP in order to operate in this world. I can, I can be a, an advisor without being a CFP. But if I become a CFP, I basically go under that umbrella to hold that certification. And I voluntarily say through that certification, I will be a fiduciary if I want to hold the CFP. I can't hold the CFP and not be a fiduciary. The other way is our licensing. And if I get licensed through the, the Securities and Exchange Commission uh, and FINRA under what is called Series 65, that is an investment advisor. And I am then bound by law and that license that I have to hold the fiduciary standard. So uh, again, ask your advisor, what, what are your licenses? If, if they don't have that Series 65, then, then they're, they're likely working under what's called suitability, not a fiduciary. So keep that in mind. Now, uh, also, uh, as a fiduciary, you have to disclose things that might be a conflict of interest. So it doesn't mean, so let's just use an example. Let's say that I um, were to ever talk to a client about something uh, let's say I had a partnership with an attorney, but, and I made money from that attorney, or that attorney, you know, sent me on a trip, and I referred people to the attorney, and that attorney somehow compensated me, well, then that could be a conflict of interest. So I would have to disclose that to my client and say, hey, I'm going to refer you to this attorney, and by the way, we have a business relationship, meaning I receive compensation. Now you get to make the decision. Do I believe this recommendation, or is he doing it just because he gets compensation? A fiduciary has to do that. And so fiduciaries, a lot of times will keep things very clean so they don't have to disclose things like that, meaning they would not receive compensation from an attorney so that they don't have to go through all that and disclose it. Doesn't mean it's not possible to do it in a correct way. Just It's just another layer. Now, uh, we've spoke on this here for a few minutes. Anything there else, Merce, that you think we ought to cover on either topic, fees, commissions, fiduciary? No, I think that's that's pretty much it. The only thing I would add is when you're, um, and it comes kind of back to when you're deciding who you want to work with, um, The the uh, our company, we are independent advisors, and the independent advisor space is growing tremendously. And the reason is, is one of the major reasons is this whole fiduciary suitability standard conversation. So um, go, let's go and just talk about any insurance company and you're meeting with an agent of that insurance company. And let, I'm just going to throw a name out there. Let's say it's nationwide. Um, that agent of that insurance company is really only going to be able to offer you what nationwide products. Right. And so that's where that whole suitability conversation comes into place. Brokers and insurance agents that work for a specific organization, that are not independent are just tied to whatever they have to offer, which is whatever the company is producing. And they are in a, in a way not forced, but they are incentivized or they only have the option to push the product that the company is creating. So you got to still ask those questions and really understand the product or the stock or whatever it is to know what you're getting into to make sure it feels right for you. If you're working directly with an agent that is associated with a specific company. If you're working with an independent advisor, I'll tell you how we operate. If we're working in the insurance world, 
we are licensed to sell really any insurance product with any insurance company. So what do we do? First we do, and this goes back to the fiduciary standard. We say, okay, well, what is the situation that the client has? What are their financials? What is the overall goal? And what is the overall objective? And then we go and say, okay, well, now that we know this, let's go shopping. Let's go shopping and let's find the best product. And we don't care which company it is. We need a product that is going to line up with what, it, what we're trying to accomplish. So it could be a nationwide. It also could be uh, uh, an Allianz or it could be an Athene or it could be anything that's out there because we have access to all those different companies, whereas that nationwide rep is limited to just that one. So just something to keep in mind when we're having this fiduciary suitability conversation, but that's all I've got to add. Great. If you uh, have listened to all this and you're thinking, my goodness, that's a lot. We have a blog article written on this very topic on our website, pomwealth.net forward slash blog, or you can just go to the website, click on the link for blog, and you'll see all the different blog articles we have there. Thank you so very much for listening to us today. We hope you have a great week. We look forward to talking to you soon. All right, everyone, that wraps up today's episode of the Secure Your Retirement podcast. If you found value in today's episode, we would love nothing more than for you to head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a review. Be sure to take a screenshot of the review before you submit it, and we'll send you a special gift. Our book, Get Off the Retirement Roller Coaster. Just email morgan at pomwealth.net with a screenshot of the review to get your gift. Also, be sure to subscribe so you get notified of new episodes as they're released every week. And finally, please share our podcast with your favorite social network so more of your friends and family can benefit from this information. Always remember, you've worked hard to get where you are, and now you deserve to have a retirement that works hard for you.